Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Thick, where you're dumb and we're thick. That's what she said. Roll the intro. Hey, I'm Tell, recording from Auburn, Alabama. Hey, this is Grayson, recording from Florence, Alabama. And I'm Ben, recording from Decatur, Alabama. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We have some interesting stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit about The Office, if you couldn't tell from the, the very beginning. We're going to be talking about just what, what's it like to grow up. And then before we get into any of that, I've got some riddles to present to the boys to see if they can figure it out. We're bringing back the popular segment that is Riddle Me Thick. So we're just going to jump right into it. And, you know, I'll be honest, I, don't, I usually ask, like, oh, how are you guys doing? I don't care. Uh, I'm, you know, who cares? Let's just jump into the riddle. (laughs) All right. right. So this one is called cruising along. You see a boat filled with people. It has not sunk. But when you look again, you don't see a single person on the boat. Why? Ooh, it's the boat is moving. You see a boat filled with people. It has not sunk. But when you look again, you don't see a single person on the boat. Why? See a boat filled with lots of people. Mm-hmm. But when you look again, there's not a single person there. Mm-hmm. 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 A boat. That is exactly what's happening. Um, there's a boat. Lots of people. It's not sunk. And mm, then you look again. There's not a single person on the boat. They just docked. They did not dock. That does... Yeah, I guess... I guess that would make sense, but no. <laughs> that that would be the most boring thing ever. You look away, everybody leaves, and then... <laughs> you look away, and then when you come back three hours right. later, they're look, all gone. <laughs> look, for the flat earthers out there, the earth is flat, and they went off the edge of the earth. Amen, okay. but no, the boat is the still, there, still there. So. Um, okay. The boat went on lockdown. You uh, called in a bomb threat. No, actually, coronavirus. That that's what led the, the bomb. <laughs> yeah. That's the answer to the riddle. Oh my god, it's not even a joke. Yeah. It's an answer. No, no, joke. yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, that's not the answer. Uh, we're still looking for the answer. If you would like me to put some more emphasis on certain words to help you, I can do that willingly. Uh, say yeah, say the riddle again with riddle more is, emphasis. Riddle is thick, just right. barely, just barely some okay. more emphasis. Just barely, barely thicker. You see a boat filled with people. It is not sunk, but when you look again, you don't see a single person on the boat. Why? I don't know if I pulled that off as subtly as I meant to do it. It, it was probably too subtle. You, look, <laughs> I, you know me. You, I only go all in. All right, <laughs> I, I don't know how to do it subtly. You look at a boat filled with people, and when you look again, it's not sunk, but there's nobody on board. Yes. Did they just jump mm-hmm. off? Filled with people. Something filled with people sounds weird. A boat filled with people. But nobody's on... Is nobody on board the boat? Or you just don't see them? You see a boat filled with people. It has not sunk, but when you look again, you don't see a single person on the boat. Why? The next time I read it... Alright, alright. Nobody is on the boat. They're all inside the boat. That's a cute idea, but that's not very clever. That's not very like riddly. Okay, that is I'm riddly. No, I'm gonna bring out. I'm gonna bring out the inflection even more. You see a boat filled with people. It has not sunk, but when you look again, you don't see a single person on the boat. Why? Oh, it's a couple's cruise. 
Yes. That's the oh, <laughs> You gosh. don't see a single person because all of the people were married. Right. <laughs> that's the riddle. Oh. All right. Okay. That's wow, that one. That's, that's interesting coming from you there, Ben. Wow. That's upsetting. <laughs> oh my gosh. You heard it here first. That hurts my feelings. Okay, no, we're just going to move sorry, straight bud. on from that. This one's called The Right Stuff. I come from a mine and get surrounded by wood always. Everyone uses me. What am I? I come from a mine. I'm surrounded by wood. Always. Always. Everyone uses you. What am I? A pickaxe. A rail cart. No. I'm from a mine. Like Everyone M-I-N-E? uses a pickaxe? Like I've like a mine, a like a oh like everybody. I thought just the miners. Okay, well, you're just assuming things. You know what they say about assuming. Say it again. I come from a mine and get surrounded by wood always. Everyone uses me. What am I? This is like I can't even like bring, give you any inflection to help with this. Surrounded this, by wood is weird to me. Is it still? Yep. Or like no, metal? Not oh, steel, no, not steel. Surrounded metal. by wood. Come from a mine. <laughs> Carbon. <laughs> you're on, no. you're on the right track. Diamond. No, you're not. That's not what we're looking for. <laughs> you come. All right. You come from a mine. You're surrounded by wood. Everybody uses you. That's all the big points right there. Yeah. So let's go through things that are Fire. in a. Cave. Let's go through things that are in a mine that everybody uses. Okay. What do we think? Is there anything? The hammer? Rocks. I come from a mine. It originates uh, from a mine. Oh, okay. I got you. Cavemen. <laughs> Not a cave, a mine. Okay. Uh, how much more time do you want on this? I'll, I'm happy to give you the answer. <laughs> Is there any hints? Those big cave spiders. What kind you know, of thing is it? A, a th- like a. The wood detail is your best hint. Okay. It's what surrounded you, by wood. Yeah. What do you take a it from wood. a mine and surround it in? Uh, this is a tough riddle. I will tell you. I even what are you when doing? I read are you answer, like boxing up this good? No. With wood? No. No. Everybody uses me, and I'm surrounded by wood. All the time. All right, right? I'm just gonna All give you. I'm just gonna give you the answer. Uh, well, I'll give you the answer in ten more seconds. So I'll get last second um, brainstorm in. So I don't. I coal. Uh, coal. Charcoal. A torch. You're, you're right Fire. there, but but that's Fire. not the answer. Something I'll go like ahead. That. Come on. I'm gonna go ahead and say the answer is pencil lead. Ah, uh, yeah, like graphite. That's it. Yeah. Everybody That's, uses ugh. pencils. Those are the okay. riddles. Yeah, I was, right. Right. I was fully... We that was a hard one. Too large. Yeah, I had to double take when I read the answer, because I was like, I, that doesn't even make sense, but I was like, yeah. oh. But, you hey, know. yeah, mine, mine kind of made sense, because... Uh, like charcoal drawings are a thing, you know. Well, yeah, that's why I rose my yeah. eyes. I was Thank like, you. I was Thank like, you. oh, oh, yeah, keep going. But the then you said torches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's my uh, subject for the day. Let's go on to the office. I'm excited about it. All right. So I wanted to talk about the office since it's uh, now left Netflix and is now on Peacock. 
Boo, boo, yeah, boo. Very sad. You can still go watch the first two seasons on Peacock, but then you got to start paying for it. So that sucks. But anyways, um, you know, the fun thing that once you've watched The Office, you know, it's fun to quote it. But another fun thing is to like come up with like um, theories about it. You know, like yes. the most common one or the biggest like fan crazed one is that Toby is the Scranton Strangler, right? Yes, and he totally is. Okay, so Definitely. I'm not going to talk about I'm no not going to talk about that one because I've heard about that one, and like if you're a fan of The Office, you probably know about that one as well. Sure. So I'm just going to go off of a couple of theories that I didn't hear of until I started like researching The Office again because it was coming off of Netflix. All right. So hopefully okay. these are like kind of fresh. But Ben is an office like connoisseur, so he might know these. So yeah. I'm very interested in what he has to say about these. Because how many times have you seen The Office, Ben? Oh, over ten times. Oh dang! Yeah, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, just so people don't think I'm. Times. Yeah, don't don't just so people don't think I'm absolutely insane. When I was growing up, or, or like practicing in high school and a little bit into college, every single time I would sit down to practice, I would watch The Office, and I practiced a lot. So, therefore, I watched a lot of The Office. So, that's why that is. So, anyways, <laughs> keep yeah. going. All right. So, the first one, um, this, it's said that it's a theory. To me, it's just kind of like a, did you pay attention to The Office or not? But uh, it, it was still fun to go back and, and read about and research, so I'm going to talk about it anyways. And that is that the co-workers of Jim and Pam kind of pushed them together to get together. Yeah. Right? And so the first thing that I researched was, so it was two, two separate ideas. One was, um, that Kevin breaks up Jim and Karen because when in the merger episode, um, Kevin comes up to Jim and he goes, so Jim, who do you think is hotter, Pam or Karen? And Jim goes, why don't you take the rest of the day, figure it out, and then come back and tell me what you got. And Kevin's like, will do. All right. <laughs> and so then you never hear about it again, because that was just a funny little conversation about, you know, Kevin being way too involved in Jim's life, you know? Right, right. And, you know, also like objectifying the girls and not being nice about that. But so then it's, you know, like foreshadowed that or I guess not foreshadowed, but implied that at the end of the day, Kevin probably does come back and provide Jim with his, you know, his thoughts about Pam and Karen, right? Because Kevin would do such a thing. Sure. And um, I'm not sure what episode um, Kevin says this, but then they're talking about, oh, who do you think will get the corporate job? You know, this is when Michael Karen applied. looks corporate. Right. Kevin goes, oh, Karen's going to get it. She she looks corporate with her little <laughs> pants suits, right? And so there, yeah. he's like, I don't know what episode. Is that in the same episode or is that further down There's, the line, Ben? I'm pretty sure it's a different episode, yeah. Oh, okay, well, I don't know. Maybe he's still working on it because at the time, Kevin's like writing stuff down and then he mentions that. So I don't know if he was still working on the list then or not. But anyways, um, you know, I feel like if... Kevin were to come up to Jim, present his evidence, he would say that 
something like, although Karen's attractive, like she wants to climb the corporate ladder and cares more about the career that she's in than Pam does. Like Pam doesn't care about Dunder Mifflin. And that Jim does You can picture Kevin Malone saying, Karen's gonna climb the corporate ladder. No, no way. No, no. I mean, she, he's not gonna say it in that sense, but I feel like he would say something along the lines of like, Karen cares about her job. Pam doesn't care about her job. Jim doesn't care about her job. Both of yeah, them just yeah, want to yeah. have fun and goof I around. Gotcha. So therefore, they're a better match for each other. Couldn't you see him saying something like that? Well, there's that whole thing once they're already together, but they just don't know it, where he's like, he's like, PB and J, that would have been perfect. And, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. So he was definitely so all that, for Pam. Yeah, and, so uh, that's Jim. what I'm saying is that Jim, you know, Jim obviously liked Pam before all of this, but, you know, he was with Karen at the time. Maybe Kevin planted the seed that Karen's not the best choice for him. Well, we, you know, we already Jim's know. Mind. I know. We know that, but did Jim. So all I'm saying is that Kevin did that. And, well, you know, but- that's a theory that Kevin did that. But, you know, it's like that probably was already going on in Jim's mind. And Kevin just, yeah. you know, reassured that. Well, that doesn't hold much flame to me because, like, even before that, like the season before that, Michael is sitting there uh, when they're on the yacht and Jim or the the booze cruise and Jim straight up tells him that uh, him and Pam or, or he used to like Pam. And then right. Michael makes it his lifelong mission to like, like, oh, he knows, uh, you know, Michael knows that Jim likes Pam and he supports it and he pushes that all the time. And, you know, right. the next episode, he's like, he's like. Man, this must be so tough for you, am I right? And that kind of thing. Yeah, but the thing is, is that Jim was dating whoever Amy Adams' character was at the time, not... I mean, Karen was the other... You know, Jim and Karen were the next big thing for Jim. You know, it was like, Amy Adams doesn't compare to either Karen or Pam, right? Well, if we're talking about Amy Adams, I oh yeah, well, well she does, you know whatever but... her character was to Jim, she yeah. was nothing, you know, purse girl, right? But Jim actually did like Karen. I feel like, yeah. even though he loved Pam, you know, yeah. But th- I'm with right. you. I'm with you. But then you. moving on, because this is not the really interesting one. But then for Pam, is when she does the art show and puts the picture of Dunder Mifflin in the art show. And nobody from work comes except for Michael, and he makes her feel good. Um, and then the only Oscar. other person from the office is Oscar and his boyfriend. But they are sitting there looking at the painting, and they don't—they're unaware that Pam is listening to them. And Oscar's boyfriend goes, "Real art takes courage and honesty," and this doesn't portray that, or something like that. And yeah. Oscar goes, "Well, yeah, those aren't Pam's strong points." And then the next episode, Pam has the personality shift where she says to the camera, like, hey, I'm going to start being more honest and I'm going to, you know, and then she starts like being honest and more assertive in her relationship with Roy. Pammy means business. And don't call me Pammy. (laughs) Yeah. And so then, um, so then eventually, I think it might be in that episode or later in the season, but after that point, she tells Roy that Jim kissed her and then that leads Roy and her to break up. So it's like situations from their coworkers both cause them to break up with the current person that they were with to allow them to get together. So I yeah. don't know if that's really considered a theory, but 
It was yeah, no it was way in the did Oscar do it intentionally. Right. No, no way is no. that intentionally. But anyway, so that's just the first thing that came up. Now we're going to get into actual more of what I consider theories that are more interesting. All right. All right. And then this one is from Redditor RobDog19. Yeah. And this is, he wants to say that Meredith is Pam in an alternate life where she married Roy and not Jim. Ooh, I like it. And so how he comes up with this conclusion is that when Meredith's kid comes into work, um, Roy has immediate connection with this kid. And he's like, because they're so similar, what if this is actually Roy's son if him and Pam were to get married? And then another thing is that when Pam is drunk, she's pretty wild. You know, like she got banned from all the chilies, and Meredith is always drunk, and Meredith is wild. True. Another thing for that is when Jim goes off to start his own company, you know, he leaves Pam for a little bit, and Pam, you know, starts drinking more and she's like drinking with Meredith and doing karaoke and then she comes into the office the next morning and she gets mistaken for Meredith. Right. So if Jim's out of the picture, she gets mistaken for Meredith. So that's another thing that he was saying. Um then in season 9 um I don't remember what character Josh Groban played, but Josh Groban's there. Andy Andy Bernard's brother. Okay. So Andy Bernard's brother knows of Jim and Pam, and so he's talking to Jim, and Meredith walks up, and Andy's brother, Josh Groban, goes, oh, and this must be your lovely wife, Pam, gesturing to Meredith. And Meredith goes, hell no, she wishes, because (laughs) Pam would wish to be with Jim, you know? But in Meredith's timeline, if Meredith is Pam, she's not with Jim. So that's I think that's an interesting thing. Then he says that, in Michael's last Dundee's Awards, he gives Jim the Best Dad Award, but Meredith gets the Best Mom Award. And I'm not sure why that's, like, proof of this theory, but I, I guess it could be for if, you know, if Pam and Roy were to get married, they probably got divorced because Meredith is a single mom. Therefore, she would have to be the best mom because she's the only, you know, parental figure. Yeah. Thing. So I guess I like that's, that. I like the for. theory, but my issue with it is, is like I don't think the the writers came in with the thought like, oh yeah, this is alternate universe. Oh yeah, Pam. No. I think they were just going in like this is the contrast, yes. which I feel like is great storytelling on their part, where it's like this is the success, but this like, but also just across the 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 office from them is the failure, you know, like, and that's really cool. And I think they, they, they had it suggested in the beginning, uh, with the, the Roy stuff with the Roy and her kid thing getting along. But I think that was more of a tool to show that Roy was going to be wrong for Pam than anything else. But then they, it, it, I think they started leaning into the Pam and Meredith, uh, comparison towards the end of the season after Michael Scott left, because, you know, the storyline and everything started changing a lot more. It wasn't just about the situations they were put in. It was about the people. And they were trying to go for all of those, like, 
comparisons and stuff. So it was probably like them trying to be clever and, and like lean into that a little bit more, you know, but it was definitely an after. I, there's no way that when they came up with the character of Meredith, they're like, yeah, and then she's going to be just like Pam if Pam gets with Roy, you know. I think that right. was like way down the line, like if anything, you know. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I think like they showed that her Pam getting mistaken for Meredith when she walks in the next morning after, you know, drinking and being hungover when she walks in is showing her it was just to say that, oh, you are kind of like going down the wrong path for you type deal, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, so I definitely don't think that the writers intended for this. And then I want to get into the next, um, the next theory that I have, which sure. I also do not think the writers intended, but it is really fun to think about. All right. So in this one, it says that Kevin, Angela and Oscar are all part of a money laundering scheme through Dunder Mifflin. But I okay. want to throw I want to throw Angela out of this. I want to say that she doesn't know about this because the evidence for Angela does not match that for Kevin and then Oscar a little bit. For Kevin, it's a big thing because Kevin is portrayed as an idiot, but then he's also a World Series poker champion, and he like correctly calls things. So he said that Roy and Jim would end up in a fight like a year before they actually did. Oh, yeah. Then he's the first one, which you mentioned earlier, he's the first one to notice that Jim and Pam are in a relationship when they're like secretly doing it. And then he's also the first one to notice that Aaron and Andy are in a relationship. So he's like perceptive, a world poker champ, but he pretends to be dumb is this theory. Sure. And he uses Dunder Mifflin to launder... I don't know, like illegal gambling money or something through Dunder Mifflin. Is that and what his Kalevin number is? It, the you, you know what I'm talking about when I say Kalevin? Uh-uh. The, he has that special number that really finishes whenever his uh, books are wrong in his accounting. He just adds a Kalevin oh, and yeah. that fixes everything. And his phrase is uh, a Kalevin plus seven or something but like something plus 11 gets you home by seven or something like that yeah and then oscar's like he was home by 445 that day <laughs> like that kind yeah. of thing like that's his evil like number that lets him right money well, launder yeah sure there you go that adds to the thing um i'll get into oscar and angela's i mean i'll just go ahead and say angela's i'll get into oscar's later because that's more interesting um angela they just say she does immoral things like cheating with Dwight and Andy. And then she justifies everything that she does as like that. She's always right, you know? So therefore she could justify doing things in her mind. Yeah. So I'm like, that's kind of weak. Um, but then evidence that Kevin or that there is any money laundering going through Scranton, Pennsylvania, Dunder Mifflin is that, Scranton is the most profitable branch in the company. But why? Yeah. Everybody in that branch sucks at their job except for Dwight. Right? Yeah. And Jim's okay, but Jim doesn't spend any time working. You know? Yeah. So Scranton should be shut down because they should have no like sales coming through. But they, they're the most profitable branch in the entire company. So that could be evidence of money laundering. Um, another thing is that when... Holly 
finds out that Meredith is sleeping with the supplier in the episode Business Ethics for discounted prices, Holly, like, brings that to corporate, and corporate basically says, like, you know, in this economy, a discount's a discount. Don't don't really do anything about it. Right. So that could show that corporate doesn't really care what's going on as long as profits are there. You yeah. know, so if if a money laundering scheme is going on, maybe corporate wouldn't shut it down because they're at least benefiting from it, you know? Well, you know, yeah, you know I what Michael Scott, you know what Michael Scott says when he's asked why the company runs, uh, why Scranton's branch is doing so well. You know what he says? What's he say? Don't ever, for any reason, do anything <laughs> to anyone for any reason, ever, no matter what, no matter <laughs> where or who or who you are, you've been forever for any reason whatsoever. And he's just, he's just an <laughs> right. idiot. Yeah, I remember idiot. that. But so now let's get into Oscar's point. Is that in the episode The Boat, Oscar frames Kevin for embezzling money through the company. All right, he, ge- he presents Toby with evidence that Kevin is doing this thing. Oh, yeah. But then he later goes to Toby and says it was all fake. And... The show says that he did this because Kevin found out that Oscar was sleeping with Angela's husband at the time, sure. right? And so Oscar was afraid that Kevin would tell Angela this. And so he would, you know, he was trying to get Kevin fired. But so my my thinking is that I want to think that maybe Oscar finds out about the money laundering and initially goes to out him about it. But then Kevin comes back with him with dirt on him and says that he knows that he's sleeping with Angela's husband, who's like, you know, a, a big deal in the government. I don't forget what he is. He's is he a, a mayor state or senator? senator. He's so, a state senator. So that that could be bad for Oscar's, you know, boyfriend. Yeah. So Kevin's got dirt on him, you know. So maybe then Ke- Oscar's like, okay, well, forget it. I made all that up to Toby. Or maybe Kevin let him in on it, and now both of them are embezzling money. Yeah, I like that. I buy it. Yeah, so another reason is at the end of the show, Kevin owns a bar. So where did he get the money to buy the bar? Because at the end of the show, he says, like, people just kept buying me drinks, so they just gave me the bar. (laughs) Right? Yeah. But that's insane. So Kevin bought the bar with his money laundering money his dirty money oscar then runs for office and that's expensive so he could possibly be using his dirty money to run for office and then for for my reason i want to kick angela out of this the because she doesn't do anything at the end of the show she just marries dwight and she doesn't ever like show up with any money or anything like that yeah so that's why i think angela's you know like not in this with them so I thought that one was an interesting one. I like it. I, I think that's about as it's not quite to me as much as the Scranton Strangler evidence. Because right. uh, the one little piece of doubt that I have is like Angela's head of accounting. If she isn't a part of it, then there's no way she lets that happen. OK, well, I mean, the, the theory is that she is. I was just throwing her out. But yeah. I mean, maybe she is a part of it. And maybe like maybe with. 
Oscar, maybe Oscar didn't become a part of it until he realized that Angela was doing this and Kevin was also doing it. And then when he finds out that Kevin knows about him and Angela's boyfriend, maybe Angela already knew and was like trying to, you know, save up a cushion for the divorce that was probably going to come with her husband being gay, you know? Yeah. So maybe then Oscar was like, okay, well, fine. I'll get in on this too. But that's nice. I I like that one. That was a good one. Is there another one? Yeah. I've got, um, this one's really short, but I liked it a lot. So, you know, that it's a mockumentary. And so the whole point of it is that they're pretending that they're filming a documentary. Right. So when Bob Vance introduces himself, I can tell you this one. Yeah, Bob, Bob Vance, Vance, Vance from refrigeration. Vance Refrigeration, so, and he's using it for marketing. I've heard right. that one. He's using it as a marketing ploy. He's not just some weirdo that says Vance Refrigeration after his name. Yeah. I so, think that's pretty standard, though, because I think he looks at the camera pretty regularly when he says, yeah. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration, you know? Right. See, I could see that the writers plan to do that with his character. Yeah, that's really, I don't think, yeah, for sure. I feel like most people didn't catch on to that. They just were like... Wow, that's so stupid oh, yeah. because the rest of the show I, yeah. is so stupid. You know? Well, I think I have that with The Office every single time I rewatch something. I get something that I didn't understand the first like nine times I watched it. You know what I mean? Like That's why right. it's such a good rewatchable show in my opinion. Yeah. I've got one more if we want to get into it and then we'll move on to Grayson's topic. Yeah, let's hit it. Um, and it's that the Office mockumentary was shot as a documentary but it has a director like a reality TV show. So such as like The Bachelor or something like that, to where they say, oh, I want you to react to this in a certain way, but then you're free to do whatever you want to do with that. What's the evidence with that? The evidence is that like, is that Dwight starts a fire in the office and doesn't get in trouble for it. So the director was like, hey, can you do this for fire safety? And then everyone just reacts to it. And then stuff like keeping the business afloat. And because paper, throughout the whole series, you know, they're, they're the paper company and the paper demand goes down throughout the series, you know. But, the, but the, their office never struggles. So they could be getting money for that, um, you know. So it's just like that possibly there's a director giving them lines or certain cues or where they want them to take that day, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I get that one and it's not unrealistic, but it kind of ruins the charm of the show. If you like thinking, if you're thinking like, Oh, this is like scripted, you know, which I agree. I know it's like not scripted, but you know, like if they had that character of the director telling him to do stuff, it would make the office lose a lot of its charm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they just added him in at the end and they're like, yep, this is the guy that's been telling us what to do for years. I'd be like, okay, yeah, right. yeah that's lame. Well, yeah, so that's I, why I would I, probably choose not to believe that myself. Yeah. Well, I would be against that if they put that in the actual thing, but I think it's still like fun to think about yeah, it's a that clever idea. as a possibility, you know? Yeah. I like that. Great. Great ones. The The best one that you presented was the uh, the accountant one, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah I like that one. But I just like you talking about it and then me trying to think of different <laughs> quotes from The Office. Because there are so many that I didn't even say that I was like, I was like, 
this and then this like every single episode you talked about i was like oh this episode like with this quote <laughs> this is like i have some kind of issue i'm sure uh grayson let's get into your topic good job tell all right so i want to talk about getting older ben you had a birthday in december i had a birthday in december so so cute uh you know we're all getting older uh older and dumber as we said um so i want to talk about like what's your favorite parts about like getting older um i have a couple that i have listed but um i don't know uh well, i guess my first one is kind of generic but it's just like when you when you're like left left alone to or you know you get into college and you start f- fending for yourself more you know you get your first job um you you kind of you you get the leeway to like make your own choices and just the fulfillment of like making the right choices is something that you can't like it's not replaceable you know with anything that that i've ever experienced at least um it's just that feeling you have of just i don't know like investing in yourself um knowing that like you're sacrificing today for tomorrow kind of thing and just the fulfillment from doing things like that so um that was my that was my first one. Uh the when you first presented this to me, the first thing that came to my head when I thought, What is what do you love so much about growing up? The first thing that popped in my head was, I just love being broke all the time. Like <laughs> <laughs> when I, I remember when I was like at least like in high school, I had like money and, and yeah. I could and I never had a reason to spend it. But now I make money and it's immediately gone and then just yeah. Next yeah. time I make money, it's immediately gone. I got all this Christmas money and I just spend it all on rent. And it's just, it's insane. So that's, yeah. you got to love it. That's my favorite part. I don't, tell, what do you got? I guess mine's sort of similar. Um, you know, I mentioned this in the Gatlinburg podcast at the end of like how, you know, I'm kind of in a different boat than either of you guys because you guys are still in school. Um, Rub it in. Well, no, I'm not trying to. I'm just saying that. For me, it's like I, you know, I own everything that's mine. You know, nobody, yeah, I got help for for certain things or I was gifted certain things, but it's like the big things, like I bought my own vehicle, I, you know, I pay my own rent and all that stuff. And so it's like, I think it's, I don't know, it's just like a satisfactory thing to be like, oh, if... You know, if it were just me here, I could I could make it on my own. You know, yeah. I don't want it to be that because that would be a lot sadder and not as fun. But, you know, like, it, there's kind of a cushion of, like, I don't know how to describe it, but a cushion of, like, comfort there. I know you don't want it to be like that, but I'm sorry to break it to you. We are all leaving. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> that's it. You never well, see us if again. If you're leaving, that's fine. You know, nah, but see, you I'd, be, I'd be upset This was a test. No, nah, this was a test to see if you're ready and you are ready. <laughs> you are ready you to passed. face the mountain line alone. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, did my you second, have more, Grayson? My second one was like, maybe this will spark some more like thoughts because this was a little bit like along the funnier side, but it was buying the kind of milk that I want. You know, like growing up, you know, your parents, yeah. whatever's in the fridge, like you either drink it or you choose not to, <laughs> but you know, you get on your own. It's like, I can get 2%. I can get soy milk. I can get almond milk or I can go for whole milk, you know, the good stuff. Dude, that's genius. So, like yeah. you want the good chocolate milk. You want that 
Borden's own yeah, chocolate milk. Exactly. Hit that up. You can go get it. You don't <laughs> yeah. have to just get that whatever the, oh, the standard oh, chocolate milk and, one is. And to add on to that, like anything in the fridge that you want to put your mouth on, you can. Yeah, that's that's the thing for me is right? that not that I I don't put my mouth on the things, but anything in the fridge is fair game. It's not like it's planned for something else. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, yeah, it's like true. if if there is cinnamon rolls in the fridge, I can eat those whenever I want to. That's yeah. a cool thing. Yeah. The sad yeah. thing for me though is that growing up brings that you have to do your own meal planning and cooking. Don't even get me I, started. I'm so I don't I like that it. at all because it's so nice. It was so nice growing up and, you know, just eating whatever mom made. It's because mm-hmm. you don't have to do anything. You just show up and there's going to be food. But now it's like you have to plan the time out to make the food. You have to go buy the food to make the dinner. You know, it's like, so that's a, a negative thing of growing up. But. Well, that is like yeah, the sure. biggest reason why I haven't gone back to Tennessee yet. Like, you know, obviously Christmas stuff is done. I have no reason to be in Decatur anymore, except for the fact that like if as soon as I go back to to Knoxville, I am going to be cooking again. for myself. And that means I'm just eating chicken and, and that's it. Like, that's yeah, all I yeah. mean. So I'm with yeah, you on that one for sure. That, I'm, I'm I fully agree. Yeah. What about what about toilet paper? You know, your own toilet paper. you get. To oh, choose? my gosh. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on this because the kind of toilet paper we buy at my house here is not the kind of toilet paper that I prefer to use. I'm glad that struck a chord. Yeah, because it's like, I like, I don't know. I feel like it's not that big of a price range difference. And like mom and dad are going to be listening to this. And it's like, it's got to be like two or $3 of a difference. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm willing to do it to, to treat my butt right. You know well, what I mean? See, I yeah. don't have that thought at all. Like I don't care what kind well, of Well, you have a bidet. I'm about to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. now I do. But before I didn't have any preference on what kind of toilet paper I use. Now, tissues like Kleenexes. Sure, I've got a preference on those. We but don't that's use another Kleenexes. that's another negative in my in my book because for any of those bathroom things like like shampoo, tissues, toilet paper is not that big of a deal, but because you buy those in like packs of twenty four, and so you buy those like once every two months, and you that's why you need to buy paper. the good kind. If you well, buy the bad kind, well, your I don't butt's care about toilet you. paper, but Kleenexes because I use those all the time. I got a stupid nose, but Kleenexes, toothpaste, shampoo, deodorant, that all sucks because I hate, I don't know why, but I'd never know where any of that stuff is in Walmart. <laughs> I know, I know it's always in the same place, but I buy it so infrequently that I don't remember where it is. And it takes me like an extra 30 minutes when I go to the store to find it. And Bro, it you got to so nice. get on the Sam's Club train. Well, you got to pay for the Sam's Club it's $40 a year. It's so worth it. Well, maybe. I do love I buy, their soft pretzels. I have bought toothpaste twice this year. It's wow. so great. Because you just buy six at a time. Or however uh, however many yeah, they well, come in a pack. That's you know? how I do it. Is I just buy a ton of stuff when I when I need something. Sam's but Club. It's, it's just annoying. Like It used to be when I was living at home with my parents. I could just be like, hey mom, I'm out of deodorant. And it wasn't like... I'm not, I guess I'm not, I wasn't picky at the time because I didn't care because mom was getting it. Whatever mom got was what I wanted, you know? It's like, I couldn't, I don't know what kind of deodorant I was using other than it was Gillette. I don't know what the scent was. 
but it was whatever mom bought me I was just using. I feel like you Grayson know, wouldn't know what kind of deodorant you used. Grayson, what kind did he use? It was definitely <laughs> Gillette. Well, I know, I know it was like, Gillette. I just don't know the scent of it. What if Grayson know? was like, it's the cinnamon Gillette that lasts for 24 hours and like, he reads the label down? Uh, well, I probably did read the label if I, if I was in your bathroom at any time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now it just sucks because it's like, if I'm out of something, it's like, I got to go get it, you know? So that's yeah. a pain. Yeah. But Grayson, I guess the flip have- side of that, I guess the flip side of that is that you get to get whatever you want when you go out. You know, you're not limited to, you know, kind of with the milk thing. Like you get whatever snacks you want, you got them. Yeah. You know, as long as it's nice. in, you know, you're not too expensive. But right. yeah. I'm with you on that. Grayson, did you have another uh anything else to say on that? No, nah, that was that was the bulk of it. I thought it was a good little conversation starter. Yeah. I, I like I that. Can, that's I can that's talk great. more about like Things I miss from being a kid, though. You guys want to talk about those? Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm going to bring up a uh, John Denver song called Catch Another Butterfly. So I recommend you guys go listen to that song because it's all about missing the times when you were a kid. And so I'll just read a few lyrics off. It says... Do you remember days not so very long ago when the world was run by people twice your size and the days were full of laughter and the nights were full of stars and when you grew tired, you could close your eyes. And I think it's just like, you know, now when you're grown up, it's like you you get all these realizations that people that are almost like Sure, there's people smarter than you and there's people not as smart as you or whatever, but it's like you're people who think the same way you are are in charge of the world. And that's a that's a scary thought because when you're a kid, you don't think about that. You're like, oh, you know, people who are much smarter than me are making all the decisions. And now it's like, I have no idea what I'm doing when I go to work. I, you know, I've got some sort of idea of what I'm doing, but, you know, sometimes I'm making stuff up. And you realize that everybody in every position just makes things up. And so that's yeah. that's a scary thing. Um, but when you're a kid, it's like you don't care about anything. You're just you're there for a good time and that's it. You know, it's like you, you're, you're not bothered by anything going on in the world or anything. You know, you don't have sure you've got like homework due, but you don't have like any like pressing deadlines. If you forget your homework, you forgot your homework. Oh, well, you can make up for that, you know? Right. And so then later on in the song, it talks about, um, and the hours just playing with a funny rock you found with crystal specks as blue as all the sky. And so it's like, you could just pick up something and play with it. And it's it's a rock, you know, but now it's like you pick up a rock and you don't notice all the beauty in that rock anymore because you've got so much other stuff like on your mind and you don't you don't just notice the little things in life anymore. I remember like when I was a kid, I thought 10 a.m. was late, like late in the day. And now it's like 10 a.m. so early in the day. But I felt like 10 a.m. was like, man, if I woke up at nine 10 a.m. so far away. Like, I could eat lunch now. And it's like, now I'd be like, no way am I eating lunch at 10 a.m. because I've got the rest of the day. But when you're a kid, it's like, man, I've been up for so long because time time seems to pass, like, in such a... It's like in slow motion almost, you know? 
Yeah. Good so observations. Th- good observations. Yeah. I like that. I don't really have much to add to it. Other, like, I mean, everything you're saying is good. I don't really have much that I don't. I guess my thing is I don't spend a lot of time thinking about like past, present, future. You know, like, oh, I wish it was like this. I wish it was like this. I just yeah. don't do that. Or like, you know, I I don't spend much time doing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I I appreciate like I'm in the present. I would say, but like, I like to think back on the past and be like when I had an hour to do nothing it felt like I had lots of time yeah now if I have an hour to do nothing it feels like all right I need to pick something one thing to do and that's what I can do for an hour you know yeah I think it can be a positive thing to help you be more present because you know when you're looking back and you're thinking of simpler times and thinking of being a kid and when you know things like you just didn't overthink things and your imagination was just free to run and just all, you know, all those things. It, it can be positive if you realize that, you know, maybe I took some of those times for granted and maybe the time now that will be a memory, you know, next year, this time, maybe I should not take it as for granted as I did then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like you ache for those times, but you use that ache, to just be more present in the in in the present so that you don't have regrets later about how you spent feeling that time, you know, um with your space and your presence kind of thing. So I think that that's like that's a good note just to think about um cuz you you can't get caught up in it being like, "Oh, I wish I was, you know, I wish I just didn't have any any responsibilities anymore and just, you know, all the glamorous things about being a kid and because, like, like you said, it can be like damaging. To, yeah, yeah. I'm know. not saying that I long to be a kid again. I'm just saying, like, you know, there was like magic in the world when you're a kid, and when you yeah, grow up, sure. you do lose that magic because you you're smarter now and you realize things. Some I mean, of still, us are smarter. Sh- sure. Well, yeah. Some of us are smarter. Like Telson sure. over there <laughs> saying, "Oh, there's not magic in the world." You, no, I, I was you're just of the three say, of us. You got the most magic left in the world. I know. That's what I was about to say is that I still see magic in the world and it's, you know, it's what you make of it. But I'm saying that you, I feel like it's, you get more distracted when you grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Which could be like, that sounds like that shouldn't be the case because kids are ADD, you know, but, but you get distracted in things that you don't really care about when you're an adult. Right. You know? So all I'm saying is that I'm not saying, you know, you should long to be a kid for forever, but you should not, you should try not to be distracted by things that you actually don't care about anymore. You know, like when you're a kid, I guess it's kind of selfish, but you're kind of selfish when you're a kid because you're like, everything's about me and what I want to do right now. But when you grow up, you stop thinking like that a lot of the times, but sometimes you need to, you know, just play and not care about you know tomorrow i don't know but All right anyway well, at the end of that let me say at the end of that song he says um now i watch my son he's playing with his toys he's happy i give him all i can but i can't i can't help feeling a little tingly inside when i hear him say he wants to be a man so the song ends like in a happy tone of like that you know he's proud that that he's grown up 
and that he's an adult now, and now he's looking, he's reliving his childhood life, like, by watching his son play and enjoy growing up, but then he sees his son, like, yearn to be like him and be a grown man, you know, and I think that's a beautiful thing, too, so it's like, there's, there's greatness in each stage of life, you know? Yeah, I like that, that's cute. I yeah. think uh, that's a good place to wrap up the conversation and begin to wrap up the podcast. Before we uh, do all our shout outs and stuff, I wanted to make a point. Movie Mafia is coming back. We're doing a Movie Mafia next week. And if you haven't heard of Movie Mafia, you're missing out. We have one other uh, episode that's Movie Mafia. Basically, the three of us, we uh, are all supposed to watch a movie except for one of us. And so the whole podcast next week is going to be about this one movie and we're going to talk about it. One of us will not have seen it and it's like a game. We have to figure out which one of us hasn't seen it and it's great. The movie we are watching is called Deer Skin and the description is a man's obsession with his designer deer skin jacket causes him to blow his life savings and turn to crime. So, should be interesting. It was made in summer 2019, and you can find it on Amazon Prime. So, I recommend, you know, watch it if you want to be able to fully engage in our conversation next week. And if you don't, that's uh, fine. You can enjoy the podcast just like, you know, typical. So, uh, that's that. Thank you guys for watching, uh, listening to this podcast. Uh, Tell, where can they follow us? Uh, you can follow us on Dumb Thick Podcast on Instagram. Um, you can feel free to DM us any, you know, thoughts or, you know, discussion topics that you might want us to hit up, or if you want to just comment on the podcast what you thought. If you have anything to add, um, we'd be happy to, you know, read you out like what whatever you said on the podcast. If you want to shout out or anything like that. Um, if you want to DM one of us specifically, you can reach me at. Tell Sheeler, you can reach Ben at Ben Plays Tuba and Grayson at Grayson underscore Wilkins. Uh, Grayson, where can they leave us a review? Uh, you can drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, any any review is appreciated, and you can listen to us anywhere podcasts are found. Perfect. Well, that's all we have for you for this podcast. We'll see you next week when we are recapping and playing Movie Mafia with the movie Deerskin. Goodbye. Get out of here, Craig. Can't watch movies. You know that. You know that now, Craig.